AJ, what is a pirate's favorite letter? R. Ah, you think it to be R, but the true love of the pirate is the sea. I've heard that one before. You're not as original as you think you are, Trevor. You heard it exactly from me. Yes. <laughs> but this movie's pretty original, even though it's derivative. It's 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 also slightly original at the same time. Technically not original because it's based on an existing property. Right, but like how based is this movie yeah. on the property? Right. It it is based on I'd say there is more fictional characters than there are real characters. Like they could have done a Blackbeard movie i'm thinking about like tower of terror based on a disney ride they were very beholden in the tv movie to the ride haunted mansion sure. they had the singing bus they had the hangman they had the ghost in the mirror they had all these different things that they borrowed from the ride they didn't, there's nothing really in this dark ride in fires of the caribbean that could inspire the story they actually went back and changed the dark ride to reflect a lot of things like jack sparrow's in it barbosa's in it um davy jones from the sequels is in it and so they went and added things to that ride. Like they just said, oh, let's just make a movie about pirates. And that's pretty much what Disney did here. They <laughs> said, we want to make a movie about pirates. And they made a pretty awesome movie about pirates, Trevor. Yes, they made probably one of the best movies about pirates, might I say. It's mm -hmm. not my favorite movie that has pirates, but it's, it's up there. Is it Treasure Planet? What, what do you think? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> or is it Muppet Treasure Island? <laughs> no, it's Treasure Planet. Yes, this, this is a very good pirate movie. It is a very good blockbuster, and it is basically a winner by all accounts. Uh, all right, well, that's the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and to thank our patrons. <laughs> you know, it's funny that we, we kind of can just put as tight of a bow on this one, because we talked about this last week, in, or two weeks ago. Amy talks about this at the very beginning of the year. I think we even talked about this this time last year about how we were going to do Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl for its mm -hmm. 20th anniversary. Happy 20th anniversary to Pirates of the Caribbean. Its anniversary release date for 2003 was July 9th, so we're just a couple of days away from the official 20th anniversary of this monumental movie. A $140 million budget, a huge budget at the time, 2003, made $650 million worldwide. It was the fourth highest grossing film of 2003 worldwide, but domestically it was the second highest grossing film um, behind only Finding Nemo, who's... 20th anniversary we talked about a couple weeks ago uh this franchise all five movies have made more than 4.5 billion dollars uh and then in terms of the quality that you've been talking about five oscar nominations best visuals best makeup best sound mixing best sound editing and this was johnny depp's first oscar nomination of what ended up being three nominations for him i would say that it probably would have picked up some more nominations and maybe even a win or two if it wasn't up against two big movies this year uh trevor do you know what those two big movies were of this of 2003 Correct. That it was going toe-to-toe -to -toe with for specific Oscars. Wait, which Oscars? Things like Lord the, acting. Lord of the Rings? Like Lord of the Rings Return of the King was the big yeah. one. Swept the Oscars that year. Uh, the other one, uh, which I have not revisited since it came out because there was a very scary amputation scene that I was way too young to see. Uh, Master and Commander, Far Side of the World. No, I have not seen that. You haven't seen Master and Commander? No. Oh, it's, it's funny. Yeah, Lisa, who was on the show uh, a few months ago for our Patreon episode on the Oscars, she was getting rid of a bunch of DVDs, and one of them was Master and Commander. And I said, "I'll take that one." You know, I haven't, I haven't seen that one in a while. And nice, but yeah, this this movie obviously not going to win to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Lord of the Rings is a very topical thing right now, but 
Of course, but this is, yeah. I mean, we, we, we can't ignore that not only was this a, a cultural success, a critical success, a financial success, and a success within the industry. Like, uh, we're, we're talking about not just the craft categories. This got, yes, four craft categories, but it got an, an acting nomination. And not just at the Oscars, the Golden Globes and the, the SAG Award. It got, it got a lot of praise for different areas. And again, I don't think we can overstate just how popular this movie was. This movie was huge and i have a story about the, the first time I've seen, I've seen this movie i'm sure you have a story about the first time you've seen this movie so uh what was your experience seeing this movie for the first time right and we should also first of all give a, a little caveat that yes this is a pg-13 movie but i saw this in theaters like a lot of kids oh i hate you but go ahead and tell your story oh, I'll you tell you i hate you in a second well because i was uh friends with someone who, who whose parents uh, took us <laughs> when I we moved away to Florida and then I was visiting him because I had grandparents in Florida they kind of lived some, uh, close by so I, I I think that's when they took us um, we were in we were in Florida for the summer for some fucking reason and then they took us to go see it um, to see pirates and I think and I'll explain why I think this movie is rated appropriate obviously it's rated appropriately but I also think it is a bit harder for kids to grasp everything in mm. this movie it's not a marvel movie where a lot of things are spelled out where you could take a kid to see the avengers and they'd still have a good time and i think you'd have a good time if you take someone pretty young to see pirates of the caribbean because i also had a great time but it is a little bit harder to follow and i'll get into all that a little bit later yeah i would say that it's definitely rated appropriately but not for the perceived difficulty of someone who's under the age of say 10 to, or 8 to follow the story like i saw this movie when i was in third or fourth grade i was able to follow the story just fine for me just watching this as an adult there's some there's some dark shit in this movie and yeah. I, I i did end up putting on the sequel uh this morning and i i oh, have okay. a little bit i i watched it as much as i could during lunch but then i had to go back to work and then i slept about an hour left so that i'm gonna probably watch right after the recording but this uh the sequel is really dark too there's like whipping scenes and there's like a t both in this one and the other one, there's a lot of execution of sailors and uh, there's there's dark stuff in this movie that that Disney. I don't even want to say they pushed the line. Good for them. I just want to say, like, there were parts where I was thinking to myself, do they need to push the line this far? Yeah, I, I, I think this is appropriately rated, but mm -hmm. I do think kids can watch it. But I'll, I'll kind of stand yeah. by that. I think this is a little bit I, I, I think it's well written and it's not written like a kid's movie at a lot of times, but it's approachable for kids. Like, I think this movie is kind of written as though uh, teenagers would enjoy this, like ten, maybe 10 and above. I think younger would actually have a harder time grasping everything. I'm sure there were a lot of things that went over your head. But did you like this? Did you like this when you were a kid? Yes, of when course you saw I this did. in first grade. No, of course. But I'm saying you, we watch something that's pretty in your face. Mm -hmm. uh, it's simpli uh, like simplicity wise, like the Sandlot. That's in our face. We know what that's about. We catch everything except the uh, few adult jokes. I think this you're missing a lot. I'll be curious to hear what you have to say about that because the second one I'm noticing that because the second one they're talking a lot about how Elizabeth and Will have been arrested for aiding uh jack's right. escape when he was supposed to be hanged and as a result they basically have to basically enter into a plea bargain that will help you catch jack and then we'll drop your charges and right. that whole subplot went over my head as a as an 11 12 year old kid right. whereas i don't think anything really went over my head or 
wasn't clear enough for me in this viewing, but I do have a story about the first time I saw this movie. Sure. And it's actually about the first time I didn't see this movie. Because as you know, Trevor, as you know, this movie was very big. This movie was based on a ride, biggest stars in the world. Everybody loved, um, you know, Orlando Bloom from Lord of the Rings. Everybody knew who Johnny Depp was. And then you've got this this slew of great actors that were at the time were relatively unknown. Like this was one of Keira Knightley at 17. She was 17 when she made this movie. Was one she of her really? first big movies. She was 17 years old. She was 18 wow. when she did Love Actually, which is weird because she played a married woman. Uh, but uh, so you've got him, wow. uh, her, you've got Jonathan Price, who of course went on to get an Oscar nomination for The Two Popes, a very underrated movie that I actually recommend people check out. It's it's a good watch. Uh, and, and he was in The Wife. And yes, also a very underrated movie. Uh, not really not a great movie, too. but a, a good movie. I think The yeah. Wife is worth a watch. Um, Jeffrey Rush, of course, Oscar winner Jeffrey Rush. So there's they have this incredible cast. But as kids, you're like Disney ride movie, action, pirates. Made by Disney. This isn't like horror. This, <laughs> like, this isn't this scary, R-rated, inappropriate movie that I'm not. This isn't like you know, flash forwarding 20 years. This isn't the Northman. I can, I'm going to be able to see this movie relatively soon, and it's being advertised to me, and that's pretty cool. And that's how I felt, and I was so excited to see this movie. And I told my dad, I want to see this movie. And at this point, I'm I had just turned nine, and my dad's like. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll take you and your brother. My brother at age 12, mind you. No, that movie looks too scary. I don't want to see that. My dad, bless his soul. That's all right. I'll, I'll take Austin. You, you and I will go see the movie. My mother. No, 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 no. You will not take one son and not the other son to go do an activity. You're going to take both sons to do the activity. And I'm just standing there and nine years old. It's like, really, mom? Really? You're going to not let me go see this movie because my brother, who is three years older than me, is too scared to see a movie about pirates. And my mother said yes. So I had to wait until DVD to get this movie. And I have been waiting for a public forum to share my frustration with my mother, whom I love very, very much. But there are a few things that are unforgivable, and this is one of them. Yeah. And I'm still mad about that. TJ, <laughs> I'm going to say you won't. I don't have a very good memory of my experience watching this movie, and I don't think you would either. So I don't think you miss much. I well, think you know if you were what? older, you, you were would. seven. It's, it's a different story. I was nine, Trevor, yes. so it was okay, actually fine. Was, Whatever. Was, you know, <laughs> Fuck you very uh, much. But of course, you know, I, I got the movie for probably Christmas or whenever it came out uh, on DVD, and I got the DVD and instantly became one of my favorite movies of all time. I loved this movie. I, for years, loved the sequel more. And at this point, I think they're pretty interchangeable, especially where I'm at in the sequel. I haven't watched either of the these second in a few one, right? years. Yes, the Dead Man's Chest. Yeah, they they kind of went back and forth in terms of how much I liked them, and we'll see where I land on the second one after uh, I finish it. Again, check Letterboxd for that, but I remember not liking the third. I remember really disliking the third. Uh, the fourth one, I actually remember liking more than I probably should have. Uh, not a great movie, but highly watchable. And the fifth, I think, was a fever dream. I remember very, very few things about it. I think I watched it in passing one day a few years ago. Will and Elizabeth do cameo, which is cool, but that's that's all that's really. Wait, worth they're not it. even in the movie. No, it's it's largely. I mean, part of it's Will's son. Uh, way spoiler alert, but Will's son is basically trying to figure out how he can free. Way way spoiler alert if you're not into Pirates of the Caribbean, but trying to figure out how he can free his dad from the bargain, oh. um, so he can be reunited with with this Elizabeth. Is, this is on him. the fifth one. Yes. Okay. And I had to look this up on Wikipedia because I completely forgot what the plot summary was. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I have no fucking idea. I, I, I just, I heard it wasn't very interesting. It's so, not. Yeah. 
Well, like we were talking about earlier, and this this definitely was the time for fun, mostly family appropriate content that was a little darker, action packed, and had a little bit of sci fi fantasy to it. So you know, from the two thousand from two thousand one two thousand five, we got three Lord of the Rings movies, four Harry Potter movies, a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and a Narnia movie. So this was like the time to really get into right, these let's not cool properties. Shove Narnia in there with these two icons. Come on, the first <laughs> Narnia was good. It was fine. actually the second one was too. I, I think you should check out the second one. I'm sure you've never watched it though, even though I, I recommended know. it I probably two years won't. ago. <laughs> it's good. It's it's darker than the first one, but it's still very good. But that was 2008. Okay. <laughs> fine. Fuck it. What yeah. else do you want to say about this before we jump into the trailer? I'm just jumping it before we also just we're we're not going to talk too much about Johnny Depp and his whole situation. We're 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 we we don't really like to talk about. <laughs> Anything crazy like that, we, we just like to mention it and kind of move on. So that's really what we're doing here. And we'll talk about the movie, The Pirates of the Car. IBN. IBN. I learned, I learned how to spell Caribbean because of the amount of times that I had to type Pirates of the Caribbean in my AIM chat rooms. What? Your AIM chat rooms? Okay. Yeah, well, not chat rooms, but like AIM chats. AOL is Messenger. Are you are you, Go, are you familiar yes, with that? Yes, I'm familiar. Going on Omegle chat chat roulette. Yeah, uh, no, I was I was not uh, partaking in that activity. But with with all of that said, let's uh, let's sail on into for its 20th anniversary. Holy shit, we're old. Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of the Black Pearl. You don't know what this is, do you? Aztec gold. Heathen gods placed upon the gold a terrible curse. Ten years we've searched. Every last piece we have found, save for this. Hello, Bobby. They've taken Elizabeth. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. We must save her. Where do we start? Jack Sparrow. He talked about the Black Pearl. Make a deal with him. He could lead us to it. You forget your place. You are a blacksmith. If you spring me from this cell, I shall take you to the Black Pearl and your bonnie lass. You're a pirate. I forgot one very important thing, mate. I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. Not sure I deserve that. The moonlight shows us for what we really are. That's interesting. We are cursed men. I hardly believe in ghost stories anymore. You best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in one. Pirates of the Caribbean. The Curse of the Black Pearl. You know what Alex said from School of Movies, Alex Shaw, about Iron Man? It's like, we don't want to see a movie with Iron Man. We don't want to see a movie with Robert Downey Jr. We want to see Robert Downey Jr play iron man so it would feel very odd if we just saw some someone random take on jack sparrow and i but johnny depp doesn't really sell movies for me but if i hear oh it's jack sparrow like it's a pirates of the caribbean movie with, with jack sparrow i'm like okay i'm in and pirates of the mm -hmm. caribbean doesn't sell the movie for me if jack sparrow's not in it's this very specific recipe for a pirates of the caribbean movie like i don't know you don't need I don't think you need a specific Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan. They're good characters and whatnot. But I like having Jack Sparrow as an agent of chaos, as the anchor. 
And as long as you have interesting characters, you can tell a great story. And I think that's probably the issues with some of the later sequels is they probably just didn't have a great enough story to anchor this chaotic, neutral character in Jack Sparrow. Yeah, the other the other stories were just blatant cash grabs. I mean, the right. I, I thought that there were some redeeming moments in four. I actually saw four a couple of times. I I, I thought it kind of started off a bit goofily, Fine. but once the story kind of got it got going, I, I thought it was pretty good. But yeah, the fifth one, there's nothing really redeeming. That one, that one's just a a flat out cash grab. But let's talk about what we all fell in love with. Number one, Curse of the Black Pearl took the world by storm. Good reviews, pop culture phenomenon. Let's talk generals, because I think that there's a lot of, without getting too into the specific scenes, a lot of things that we can just point to and say, that is a good filmmaking choice. That is a good, this whole product is a is, a, is an excellent byproduct of great filmmaking. But let's let's jump into some of those. What, what do you have as kind of the standouts there? Well, Jack Sparrow. The performance of Jack Sparrow, like you, I, I'm not, I'm not saying Johnny Depp, because it's literally just Jack Sparrow here. People can cosplay as Jack Sparrow and you kind of see, and it's very hard to cosplay as Jack Sparrow. Johnny Depp uh, crafted a really iconic performance in Mm -hmm. this pirate that is is recognizable by the movements. It's recognizable by the speech patterns. It's recognizable by the costume. It's Mm -hmm. recognizable by the lines and the catchphrases. So many different things about this is recognizable and you'd be like, oh, J- Jack Sparrow, obviously. There's a fucking yeah. song named after him by your favorite band. You've never heard the Jack Sparrow by Lonely Island. My favorite band. Okay. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, so everything that you said plus one. Uh, yes, the manner is. Uh, let's, let's focus on what I think really makes him stand out. And this is what comes from it being a movie is the physicality that that Depp delivers here is that you know, there's there's these videos of someone dressing up as him and just running around in Disney World like him with the hands, like the, the hands yes, running around, exactly. you know, just just instantly iconic. And that's exactly. that that's the Jack Sparrow run. That's the Jack Sparrow idea. His character design is great. And of, of course, he mumbles through his words. But we see we see Johnny Depp do that in other movies where he kind of does that in in Dark Shadows and in movies like that. Whereas this one, I think what really brings it out is two things. One, the the physicality and the character design, just what we're seeing different than anything else that he or any other uh, performer, I think, has really ever done. And the other one I would just say is is, uh, this movie is just insanely directed. This is when you take a step back and, and see everything that they were able to get under the umbrella of this movie to get this tone of fun and seriousness, because again, there are a lot of stakes. There's at times I do think it kind of edges a little bit more towards goofy. And I think at times it edges a little bit more towards dark unnecessarily. So, but for like 85, 90% of the movie, that's, that's a tough balance to strike. And it holds that balance for like 85, 90% of the movie. And within the context of this, you have, you have Jack Sparrow and the performance and just everything is kind of revolving around him and the character. But just the magnitude and the scope of the, just the set pieces, the battles, the music, the, the, the effects, which don't hold up that well. Well, they, they hold up enough, though. And they were pretty distracting for me on this watch. And I watched they it were. on Disney Plus, too. So I was watching it on, on quality. But yeah, they, they were definitely... You could tell that they were effects. They didn't. They they were two thousand three effects, but they're still really good. I don't know. 
they're I thought they I thought they were worse than better, especially the the pirate and ghost stuff. But we can talk about that in the next section. But for me, there's just this complete package of how just effective and seamless and signature this all felt like, you know, kind of what you're getting in this pirate epic. One of the first pirate epics I think we've ever really had in film, especially in modern film in the the 21st century. But God, it's it's unbelievably effective and it's crazy how well that this yes again we talked about this earlier it's not really based on the ride it shares a name with the ride but at the end of the day disney made a pirate movie that had to appeal to everybody but be palatable for children and they did that really really well to the point where you and i at age 28 we're not looking back on this and being like oh yeah that was a fun kids movie that was fun to revisit now that we're 28 we're like this is a good movie and i'm really glad i watched it but this is also a bit, you know, this isn't a random deep cut. This is a big movie. I know right. we do a lot of deep cuts and weird kind of kids movies. This is a big movie. I right. feel like at, at, when we first did this show, we were like, we, we don't want to do too many of these, but it's a mix now. We, we do some of the big movies and then we do some of the small movies. Yeah, we kind of have to. Yeah, we got to keep a good mix. Uh, but yeah, no, this is this is a a movie this is like a movie you go to see in the movie theater you get your popcorn you get your bullshit whatever and you sit down and you enjoy it and experience it you get transported to this magical world with pirates and magic and curses and ghosts and the british government and other types of things like this is literally this is literally what people are trying to still capture and grasp on in right. the entertainment businesses, they're trying to release these types of movies still. It's hard to do that now. I feel like it is, but it shouldn't be because this movie is just so straightforwardly. I, I think obviously Marvel is kind of superhero movies, I think, in general. Like we, we see third actitis that I think really plagues a lot of superhero movies, no, even the best ones. Like again, I think that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, as much as I loved that movie, that had a lot of Marvel third third actitis it was the big thing in the sky that they all had to come together and stop like that was that's just kind of what happens in every single friggin marvel movie no 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 no. i'm gonna defend guardians because that didn't matter as much as what that meant for the characters right like it didn't feel like this is destroying the world because it wasn't it was destroying this other world they wanted to stop this guy because uh that was in their motivations and they're good people and also uh, because Rocket has kind of an emotional attachment. I'll defend, I'll defend Guardians of the Galaxy. Listen, all Other I'm saying is my, my, my favorite Marvel movies are the ones that don't have a giant thing in the sky that's going to fall and destroy everything. What's, that's what's your favorite Marvel movie again? Uh, Infinity War. There are many giant things in the sky. That Oh, the moon? <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> so... Uh, all right, scene. I was talking about the Thanos snap. That that was the the specific moment I was talking. Yeah, about. but they're they're trying to stop like Thanos, which I guess is a big thing in the sky. I don't know. Now don't now know now you're stretching. Okay. Um, fair fair point fair point. Uh, cinematography, I think really works well in this movie. I, I think what I noticed when I was watching it was there are scenes where Elizabeth is kind of dining with Barbosa, and the camera is like slowly rocking in the boat with them yeah, or sorry the in the ship but then <laughs> when we go to the lifeboats when they're heading into the caves this the camera's a lot more uh 
back and forth. It's a lot faster. It's a lot more unsteady. And I think the way that they incorporate having the camera on the water, they don't do steady shots. They they move the camera the way that you would move if you were in that situation. And it kind of transports you right there. And I think that that was a very effective camera work. Yeah, they do a lot of things like that when they're focusing on different characters. The The cinematography is a little bit more loose and not reliance on sticks when they're uh, with Jack Sparrow. And it's a little bit more rigid and traditional when they're focusing on the British people in um, mm-hmm. not Coppingham, fuck Cunningham. Cunningham? Is that his name? Commodore Norrington? Norrington. What are Cunningham? About? I don't know. I, I, the British, generic British guy's names, the British government or whatever. So the, you, you see the techniques of this character will have this theme song, which is more fun and kind of swashbuckling. And then this one will have, the British will have this more marching style quality. Like when Jack Sparrow's talking to those two kind of boob guards, it's a little bit mm-hmm. more two shot, shot reverse shot, back and forth. But then when Jack Sparrow's kind of going on his little adventure, he, the camera's kind of moving around, experimenting. Mm-hmm. A little bit loose because Jack Sparrow, the way he moves is very loose, very much like he always has four gallons of rum in him. Which he usually does. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. Rum is just a lot of alcohol in this movie. Why is the rum gone? Why is the rum gone? So I, another big thing that I want to talk we talked about a little bit with, um, with, with Depp, but just the committed acting in this movie. And this goes back to the tone and why I think it really works is that, yes, you've got Depp doing his thing, but I think that that wouldn't really work. And I think the, the rest of the movies really prove that is that it wouldn't work if you didn't have everyone else kind of taking it more seriously. So you've got Keira Knightley, again, giving a great performance, and then you've got Jeffrey Rush giving a great performance. But then you've got all these side characters. And I think you can say that A, it is the, the acting, but B, it is the side characters and, and C, it's the directing. But everything kind of comes together. So you've got these impeccable performances from the supporting cast, from Commodore Norrington to the governor to those two guards that you mentioned at the ship. I think they work really well together and they're funny. And then you got those other two pirates, Pintel and Regatai, the, the ones who say, Ello, pop it. I think they're really funny. I think Gibbs is a great supporting character. Gibbs is like the Tom Sizemore of this movie, you know, from Saving Private Ryan. There's a really good mix of different characters, different characteristics, and how aware of who they need to be in the story and how to bring that idea to life. Yeah. And I think Orlando Bloom is, uh, you know, a really, you know, just just uh, has some great physicality to him and, um, you know. He's he's fine actor. I'm just trying to, you know. <laughs> is he good looking or is he a good actor? Which one is it? I'm just trying to be nice. I don't think he's a bad actor. Oh, you don't but think he's, he's a bad actor? Oh, okay. I, I just don't. I'm not saying he's a bad actor. I just don't think that he his acting is like up to par with the rest of the people in this movie. And that's not, mm. I think he's a lot better as Legolas. I think he's really good as Legolas. He was in two mega franchise trilogies. I know, at the right? same time. Basically the same time. Mm-hmm. That's wild. And, and not that these movies are, you know, I mean, every, every movie and every show is a taxing experience because it's a hard job being an actor and being a, a movie star, really, just a lot of these movies. But these are physical movies. 
and a lot of makeup, a mm-hmm. lot of set pieces, a lot of real sets in both of these movies. So these are taxing movies. Yeah, and, and don't don't forget about Troy. I only mean that half ironically. But, but yeah, you mentioned, no, for sure. You mentioned production production design too, and that's another huge thing for me. I talked about this earlier, but the amount of ships, the design of the ships, of ships. the Interceptor versus the Dauntless versus the Black Pearl versus the 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 thing that Jack kind of comes in on versus the lifeboats and the caves and the, the whole design of Port Royal and Tortuga. You know, you feel like you know Tortuga. It's just this is such a committed design and just the artwork, the color schemes, the costumes, just the the visuals that, it, you know, I'll get to this a little bit later. And you said this is well written. I think it's sufficiently written. I think the writing in the story is fine, especially, and I'll talk about that a little bit later, but I think what was really keeping me hooked in this movie throughout was the production design and the acting. It's just like what I was looking about the entire maze and set was incredible. Again, the cinematography, that that shot of like, here they come and Jack kind of holding the pistol over his shoulder and kind of grinning with Will in the background. Like the shots in this movie are iconic. The sets in this movie are iconic. I think there were a lot of meetings a lot of storyboards, a lot of concept art, because you have the budget of Disney behind you, and because you're adapting a property, you don't know if this is going to make a lot of money. You can assume it will because you have a lot of marketing and everything behind it, and this is Disney's big movie. Like When you have a, a studio like Disney promoting a movie, you know you're going to get something but they had a lot of time to to make this. The sequels, they had a lot less time. And I think we should do the sequels at some point, uh, even if, even though the last one's a little on the on the cusp. But we we could probably still do it at some point. I I could see just because two and three are basically like Dead Reckoning Part One and Part Two. I I could see the argument that we should do them both at the same time. Yeah, I already got my tickets for Dead Reckoning. I'm so oh, excited. Nice. I'm I gotta get my so excited. <laughs> uh, so, but you know what I mean? Like that. There's a lot of time that they had to spend uh, that they spent just crafting this with with the production design specifically and everything. Right. Uh, the writing. What I wanted to sort of clarify about the writing is, I think the writing's pretty good. I don't think this is the best written script ever because there's a lot of improv where the where the lines come in and where the they let the actors play a little bit. They specifically let Johnny Depp play with Jack Sparrow a lot with a lot of his improv and his lines and everything. Uh, and that's where a lot of the famous lines can come from. But the script itself is interesting because of uh, they, they choose to keep Jack Sparrow's motivation hidden the entire movie. And that's where I think kids will get a little bit lost where he will do things and you never know why he's doing them or what side he's on as a kid. If this is the first time you're watching, he keeps switching sides over and over, which I think is compelling and that makes his character great. But, and it, and it goes into the mythos of Jack Sparrow. Is he the biggest idiot ever? And he's just making plans up as he goes completely going with the flow. He had never has a long plan or Mm -hmm. is he 10 steps ahead of everybody and a secret genius. And that's his, greatest strength and i love that i love characters like that let's let's revisit this in the next section because sure. i i think there's a lot of pros and cons about what you're talking about but ultimately i think i do lean a little bit more on the negative side about that but i, I will say specifically for what you're talking about about where jack is switching sides 
when I was a kid, I was a little bit confused about right. him switching sides. But that was the only part that I was a little confused about. And then obviously when he's fighting Barbosa at the end and you see what he does, right. I understand. But right, um, right, right. The, the, the coin trick. Yeah. But then going off of that, there's uh, something else I want to call out as a positive is you mentioned how he does things and says things that you're not really sure why he's doing it. But then at the end, it becomes clear. And I think that the setup and payoff in this movie and also in this franchise is really strong. Mm -hmm. So right when Jack is arrested the first time uh, by Commodore Norrington, you see him kind of like, oh, look at this compass doesn't even point north, a gun with only one bullet. And he takes up the sword and says, I, I half expected to be made out of wood. It's kind of seen as mockery. And Jack is this buffoon because that's kind of how he's been acting the entire time. But mm -hmm. as the movie goes on, you realize how crucial they are to Jack, like the symbolism, like this whole this shot was not meant for you. And the compass mm -hmm. pointing to whatever it is that your heart truly desires or, or whatever the, the mythos is for that compass. But they're, yeah, they they don't reveal that in this movie, right? Well, in this movie, the compass is shown to point them to whatever the island is where the treasure is. Right. But the, that they later reveal that about Correct. the that, that Yes. And he just wants his ship. Yeah. And that's what's an interesting motivation, which is complicated as a kid, but cool here is he doesn't give a fuck about anything going on with these pirates. This mm -hmm. conflict, them trying to break the curse, he doesn't care whether they do or don't. He just wants his ship back. He doesn't mm -hmm. really care if Elizabeth and Will uh, will, he does in the end, but you don't know whether he actually cares about uh, Bootstrap Bill or if he's just doing this to get his ship back. But at the end of the day, that's all he fucking cares about is his ship. It's interesting, and that's what's compelling, and that's what makes it a cool script. And they take their time revealing information, which in a lot of kids' movies, they don't. So just a quick thing on that. And this is why, this is, this is all about the script. Uh, just for instance, when Will Turner is, goes up to um, Jack in jail and says, I want to break you free. He's like, what's the, you know, what's the thing for me? What do I have? His Jack Sparrowisms, And... He tells him his name. Is my name is Will Turner, and then Jack Sparrow says, "Okay, yes, I'll do it." And you have no idea why he's gonna do. He changes his mind, and it's later revealed. And there's a lot of moments like that in the movie. We don't know why characters quickly do something like, like the what you said. This shot was not meant for you. Well, why did he say that? Because obviously it means mm -hmm. something, but we don't know why. So there's a lot of setups and payoffs, but it's all in specific lines, and it's all about information. The setups aren't oh, we see Jack Sparrow doing something, like knowing how to fight with a sword. Or, or we see Elizabeth Swan taking something like, oh, I guess I'll use this at some point. It's like a frying mm -hmm. pan. And later using the frying pan to hit someone. I guess right. the setup and payoff is seeing the sleeping blacksmith and then he with a bottle and then he uses that bottle to hit Jack. That's more of the setups and payoffs we usually see. But this is more interesting and intriguing, vague lines that later pay off. And that's really yes. cool. I, I completely agree. Uh, and the last general I have is just the music. Music's fucking awesome. This yeah, is some yeah. of the like some of the most notable iconic score of the 21st century. I, I feel like if you conducted some sort of poll and played 100 film scores from the 21st century, you know, obviously Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter would be up there. I would say Pirates of the Caribbean would be in the top 10, maybe even the top five most recognizable scores from the 2000s. Absolutely. This is score. I mean, everyone has a great little, um, just a great theme for everybody. Jack Sparrow has a great theme. Uh, Jeffrey Rush has a great theme. Will Turner has a pretty good theme. 
Any other generals you want to talk about, or should we jump into some scenes now that we're sufficiently 40 minutes into this podcast? Let's talk about scenes. You want to go first? Yes, I would love to go first. Let, let's start right at the beginning. One of the scenes that I really liked, uh, Elizabeth Falls in Jack Rescues Her. A marriage to a fine woman. You have become a fine woman, Elizabeth. I can't breathe. Yes, I, I'm a bit nervous myself. And then they made me their chief. Elizabeth? Elizabeth! The rocks! Sir, it's a miracle she missed them. Will you be saving her then? I can't swim. Proud of the King's Navy, you are. Do not lose this. It starts with Norrington proposing to Elizabeth and Elizabeth doing the whole I can't breathe. Mm -hmm. And then I noticed on this one, it starts a little bit slow. You know, Jack is goofing off with the guards and Elizabeth is getting proposed to in a very awkward confrontation where she's in her corset and doesn't want to be in this outfit or in this environment because she wants to say no. And then the pacing picks up as soon as she falls. And then we start to see a little bit more of intrigue. You know, who is this Jack guy? He clearly doesn't care about anybody, but he's willing to save this girl. The medallion goes off and sends the signal to the Black Pearl, and that's going to instigate a lot of content. But we we get this comedic high, and then it immediately goes into this mystery ending with Jack holding the medallion and saying, where did you get that? And that entire stretch, and and even the immediate aftermath of Jack getting arrested, I think is really fun. Yeah, I mean, I even like slightly earlier when Jack comes in to Port Royal when he's on this ship. And this is the, the famous meme uh, of the sinking ship. And he like looks, tip, tips his hat, kind of walks onto the, the port. And this is our introduction to Jack. So I even like slightly earlier than that. But and, and obviously I like right after that of the famous line, this will be the day you'll remember this day, the day you almost caught Jack Sparrow. Captain, Captain Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. Fantastic. Yes. Just so fantastic. And then, and then it gets goofy and Jack's like spinning around and they're shooting at him and you're like, okay, this is, this is a little goofy. Like I said, 85 to 90% of the time they nail it, but there's, there's a good 10 to 15% where you're like, eh, I don't know about that, but yes, everything all around that is good stuff. What else do you have? Uh, so I, I really like the chase scene that also follows right there. I love all of the visual moments where we're just watching characters do things of uh, the chase sequence where Jack is running around and then meets Will, uh, his introduction to Will. That is fantastic. Yeah. Good fight scene. Great fight scene. Who makes all these? I do. And I practice with them. Three hours a day. You need to find yourself a girl, mate. Or perhaps the reason you practice three hours a day is that you already found one and are otherwise incapable of wooing said strumpers. You're not a eunuch, are you? I practice three hours a day so that when I meet a pirate, I can kill it. fun time and, and good comedy too like when jack throws when when will throws the sword and, and jack is kind of looking mm -hmm. back and forth and trying to get it out it's a clever trick 
You need to find yourself a girl, mate. Love all that. I like how Jack clearly doesn't have a plan when he says that, you know, this will be the day you almost escape. He's just like, I guess it'll work out. All of his plans seem very ill-conceived. He kind of just does things and hope things work out for him. And man, is it so cinematic to watch that. (laughs) Yes, absolutely it is. It is cinematic to watch chaos on screen and just, there's no, you know how we talk about in kids' movies how they always have a plan. Like, okay, here's the plan. Mm-hmm. Jack's, we don't have those scenes. Jack Sparrow just says, we're going to take that ship, and then we do. He, I would say towards the end is the time when I would disagree with you, but other than that, when it's, does he, it's when a does lot he do of... That? Put the coin. He doesn't say we have a plan, though. Yeah, but you know what his plan is. Or you right. know that he has a plan. We don't know what his plan is when he arrives, though. Typically, they come up with a plan before they arrive in these plan situation, plan making situations. He, I think the the difference is there is one. I think that there are sometimes where, like, again, when he like he goes underwater with Will with the boat, and he said like this is either madness or, or stupidity or whatever the line is. And yes, that that's that is absolutely correct. But I think when he goes into the cave with the coin, he knows exactly what he's going, and he knows it's going to work. That's the yeah, one but, time but we where don't. he actually does. Right, but you talk about how Jack never has a plan. I think that this time he does. No, we don't have... Well, sure, but we don't see this, the plan-making scene, and I think that's fun. Remember how yes. I said information is hidden from the audience? That's that's consistent throughout. Even it's if, fun, and it's also frustrating. I think it's kind of fun. Well, no, that scene... Like, we talked about this as a kid. You're like, I, I'm a little confused. Sure, 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 sure. And you're confused then as, as an adult? You still don't understand? I think I got it. Did you understand Asteroid City? I have no intention on seeing Asteroid City. I haven't seen it yet. I'm seeing it tomorrow. <laughs> I'll, I I got tickets for Elemental just because I'm like, you know what? Sure. Why not? I got nothing to do on Thursday, but you don't want to see the blackening. I've heard it's good. I actually saw the Well, well, Trevor, if you looked at my letterbox, you would know I that I did. See, I did see the blackening. Did you like it? Uh, I liked it. Yeah, I, I thought it was really funny. I'm so shocked. You actually liked a movie. Get out of here. I've given more three stars than... Okay, fine. Past Lives. Great movie. Have you seen Past Lives? No, I haven't seen anything. I've been too busy playing Zelda. Okay, well, I, I like movies, Trevor, so I saw Past Lives. I also saw uh, No Hard Feelings. I was going to see that Friday, but I was sick. Such a fun watch. Uh, I, I'm glad they made that movie. I'm very glad they made that movie. I know, I'm going to see. I was really sad. I had to cancel on my friend. I'm sorry. That That does suck. Sorry to your friend. Uh, yeah, it sucks. I know what it's like when Trevor cancels on you, Trevor's friend. I'm sorry about that. Okay, next. <laughs> uh, okay, next for me. Uh, uh, Jack and Elizabeth are trapped on the island. Well, devil's a blackie. We're really badly. We got the hottest yo ho. Yo ho. Yo ho. Yo ho. Yo ho. I'm glad to I love this song. Really badly. When I get the pearl back, I'm going to teach it to the whole crew. And we'll sing it all the time. And you will be positively the most fearsome pirates in the Spanish main. Not just the Spanish main, love. The entire ocean. The entire world. Wherever we want to go, we go. That's what a ship is, you know. It's not just a keel and a hole and a deck and sails. That's what a ship needs. But what a ship is the black pearl really is. 
running around singing drink up me hardy's yoho elizabeth clearly has this plan as soon as she sees the rum in the palm trees and she knows she just has to get jack drunk so she can knock him out and pull off her her plan and jack wakes up and just again the physicality of johnny depp waking up and how badly he wants to shoot her for that half a second and he mm-hmm. shoves the pistol back in his waist and he runs away and it's like well it must be terrible for you jack well it bloody is now it just gets me every time that was always one of my favorite deliveries in the movie must have been terrible for you to be trapped here jack must have been terrible for you well it bloody is now yeah the, the and that leads to the meme why is the rum gone you burned all the food the shade the rum. Yes, the rum is gone. Why is the rum gone? Yeah, famous line. Great line. Yeah. I often say that when I finish my rum. Are you a rum drinker, Trevor? I'm a big rum drinker. That's cool. I don't think I've had rum since I was, uh, you know, a junior in college, maybe. So th- there are a lot of great rum. Wait, what? Are you serious? I, I like I'll dabble in it. But if I well, if I go for hard stuff, I usually do whiskey or tequila. There's not really good rum bars on the East Coast, are there? Well, I would just I'm like I, I have it in cocktails, but in in most cocktails in bars that I see, it's typically vodka, tequila, or whiskey. whiskey. Occasionally, gin. you'll see some gin, but um, bigger out here, I think. Yeah, very, very like I just have the perception of rum as being, except for like a, in like a, a mai tai, I think of rum as like a college drink. Yeah, well, that's because you have bad rum drinks, but. If you go and to, I like rum, but I just haven't yeah, had it in a while. If you go to a place that actually makes good rum drinks or has good rum, you'll you'll drink good rum. Like mm. you gotta go more towards like the Caribbean, obviously. If you go towards states there or actually go to the Caribbean or just go to a bar that or go to a rum bar, you'll you'll have good rum drinks. I've been to a few good rum bars and they, they make some great drinks. I, any any on the East Coast? I don't know of any in the Northeast, no, I don't know of any off the top of my head, but honestly, rum's a great drink. Uh, I, I love a good rum punch. All right. It makes you feel like a pirate. What else um, you got? Scenes, 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 scenes. I like the parlay scene. I am here to negotiate the cessation of hostilities against Port Royal. There are a lot of long words there, Miss We're not, but humble pirates. What is it that you want? I want you to leave and never come back. <laughs> I'm disinclined to acquiesce to your request. Means no. Very well. I'll drop it. Behold, a bursting with swag that be a shy matters to us. Why? It's what you've been searching for. I recognize this ship. I saw it eight years ago on the crossing from England. Did you now? Fine. Well, I suppose if it is worthless, then there's no point in me keeping it. And this referencing this pirate code and that that whole kind of sequence where we are introduced to Captain Barbosa, I really like. Because I think Jeffrey Rush is born to play a pirate. I, Literally I think they're more, pirate. I think they're more like guidelines than rules. Yeah, they are more like guidelines than rules. <laughs> but come on, this is so fantastic. He, he He's like a pirate. If Jack Sparrow's yeah. a goofy pirate, he's a pirate pirate. Yeah, 
And I, I think you also have it right before that. I think the raid on the governor's house is pretty intense. Yes. And the, the, the comedy there of parlay, I know what it means. And then it, it flashes forward a little bit later with Jack trying to think of the word and one of the pirates correcting him. And he's like, that, that's it. That's it. Parlay. And they can't touch him because he says it. But yeah, I, I love the running gag and also the legitimacy of parlay. Mm-hmm. And that is a good scene where, you know, Kira Knightley is going toe to toe with a lot of these veteran actors, including yeah. Oscar and Jeffrey Rush. And the way that she kind of commands that scene and holds the, the medallion over the water, I always and just the way that they rush for it after after she kind of fake drops it. I think that's so cool. Though they could just jump into the water and get it, can't they? Yeah, but how, how long would that potentially take them? Well, they have forever. They can't die. That's true, but it would be annoying. So and like, it's not oh, really okay. It's not really a curse go. of the Black Pearl, is it? It's a curse of these coins. Yeah, but that's a that's a stupid name. It's like why, it's the same reason why they don't call it Harry Potter and the Triwizard Tournament. Well, yeah, exactly. It's the it's the exact same thing. But I mean, did you read that little bit about how it wasn't? A, it was just going to be called Pirates of the Caribbean, and but they, they knew added, what they had. Yeah, and then it, I don't think Gore uh, Verbinski really liked that additional thing because again it's not a curse of the black pearl the ship is not cursed it's a cursed crew but it's the aztec gold mm-hmm. i think you could have come up with a cool name for the curse of the the aztec gold you wouldn't say curse of the aztec gold but you you could say and the something curse i don't think any of the pirates of the caribbean subtitles are good yeah i think they're well, all at world's end is, is, it's fine it's a cool name but it's a bad movie that makes me hate the name what? No, what the fuck are you talking about? The movie's good. What? Is good. Oh my god, it's a three hour long movie where everyone that you fell in love with over the past five years dies. What the Thanks. fuck are you talking about? I'll, I'll, if I'm going to see this gimmick through again, borrowing your words, and watch all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies again now that I've started, I'll give At World's End another watch, but I remember viscerally disliking that movie because I was like, I don't want to see Will die. I don't want to see like Elizabeth screaming for her dad as he dies. I don't want to see Norrington die. I, I just like, I, I don't, it's not fun. I don't like it. But your favorite Marvel movie is Infinity War? Yes. Where everyone dies at the end? But then they come back. Yeah, but you don't know that. You're right. I think, <laughs> I think the difference is in Infinity War is that you have don't the space. Oh, you're right. I, I've, I've never wanted to defend myself. <laughs> Get out of here. Most of my scenes, actually, now that I'm saying this, are towards the end. Do you have any other scenes yeah. that you want to talk about? Not at the beginning section. I think once once Will frees Jack, I think then we kind of get into uh, the good stuff. Well, actually, I think I disagree. For me, kind of the meat of this movie, like the from when after Jack and Will steal the ship all the way up until Jack switches sides at the end and is firmly on the good guy side. That's like the meat of the movie in terms of the story and rewatchable scenes. I'm just kind of checked out a little bit. You're not, you don't like the last uh, set piece? And no, no, no. The, in okay. the, mid, the, the middle, like the, the bulk of the story. Like, I think that there's some great moments. I mean, the scene where the, the Navy ship goes against the Black Pearl. And what about uh, stealing Elizabeth... the Black Pearl? Or sorry, no, no, stealing the Interceptor. Yeah, like I said, from, from that point okay. on. I, I think I'm kind of checked out a, a little, little bit compared to the beginning and the end. And then the end just kind of ropes me right back in. But I think the scene where the Black Pearl goes against that ship and they've got the, you know, fire, fire all. And they're like 
shooting the forks and the all that stuff. And yeah, Jack from the prison yelling, stop blowing holes in my ship. I always loved that line. It's there's not many stand for me. There's not many standout scenes in that middle stretch of the movie in the, in the second act. Well, I just meant like kind of the third. Well, we said a bunch of second act stuff already, but the third act I think has a lot of great stuff in there. Yeah, Jack, Will, and Elizabeth fighting Barbosa in the cave. Yeah, awesome stuff. Great shit. The music like, what just, a, just yeah kicks in, and I'm like, yes, I want to watch this. The gags too of getting the. Uh, getting the bomb in the guy when he's a skeleton, then getting him out of the moonlight so he blows up. Incredible. Incredible. I also love how they trick, how Jack Sparrow tricks uh, both sides. Like, that's, I, I, I love that stuff. He tricks, like, the, the British to come, and then he tricks, he basically is like, I just want everyone dead so I can have the ship to myself. I mean, yeah, I guess I was going to talk about this in the next section, but like Jack is basically like, it's such a contradiction. Like, is Jack Sparrow a good man? Because that's what Will and Elizabeth put their lives on the line for at the end of this movie. But Jack, yeah, like, single-handedly is like, you can just go kill all of them. And then there's shots of all these guys being like picked up and strangled, having their throat slit and having the, the, the stabber at the end of that musket like go into them over and over and over yeah. again when they're signaling for help. I'm like, Jack, you just like killed three dozen innocent guys on this ship for pretty much no reason, except to yeah. clear out the, I guess you could but, say yeah. like Jack had to do it to clear out the cave so that he could stop it. But even so, it's just the, the amount of people who just he flat out unilaterally decides to sacrifice. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of great though. I mean, no, imagine you're just one of those dudes. Imagine you're the son of one of those Navy guys who's like, yeah, sorry, Jack Sparrow decided to trick everybody. And so they're you're colonizers. Guy, we shouldn't root to. for them. Oh, they're the villains. Ha happy Fourth of July, Trevor. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, that was the last uh, big scene. Uh, yeah, that's it. What about the ending with uh, Jack and Will uh, getting out of the execution? Jack and Will with the rope. Jack's yeah, escape, that, I, I and like then that. Will, Will and Elizabeth kissing. I mean, that well, whole, you know, he is just a blacksmith. No, he's a pirate, and just unbelievable needle drop. Oh. This is the path you've chosen, is it? After all, he is a blacksmith. No. He's a pirate. No, I don't I don't, I don't like that part. What? Actually. I didn't like that line. It was really Why? weird because I thought that her father just randomly and Norrington, mind you, just randomly dropped like, oh, all of our motivations are gone. You're right. You love him. Ha ha ha. That's just not what his character would do. His character is very proper in this British classist society, and he totally would be like, you are disowned. 
That is what that character would do. And he just drops that to have a happy ending because they don't know if they would have a sequel at this point. So that's what happened. So I think that is bad. Right. Well, I I think I can justify it by saying that they actually kind of went through a lot together. And so I I think knowing that Will is a good man. I also like how Norrington like brings it back to looking at the sword. He's like, you know, I, I expect like basically you have my blessing if you take as good care of her as you take as, of this sword. So you're right. Is it in practicality the way that it probably would have gone at the time? No. But in the context of the story that we saw on screen, given what everybody had gone through, given the fact that Will had kind of proven himself. I think that everybody knew each other a lot better. Everybody knew the best and worst of each other. And I think it was understandable why they understood it. I wanted Norrington to be a little bit more evil at the end. I wanted this to be his Joker origin story because in, in the later movies, he kind of becomes a boob and then has a little bit of redemption. But I, I, I don't know. I think it's a little bit silly. Well, that's what kind of happens in the second movie, right? Whereas he's he gave Jack the head start. And as a result of giving Jack the head start, he got caught in that hurricane, is what he said. And he had to call off the the search and Jack got away. And so, right. But if you actually wanted to catch Jack, why would he give him a head start anyway? That's just like, I, I feel like it should have been a failure of him that led to the next part in the sequels rather than, oh, he gave him a head start. Isn't that cute? Oh, wait, that head start let him got away. Like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? You gave him a head start with the fastest ship in the <laughs> ocean. Like, you're not going to catch him, dumbass. Well, this probably goes back to your idea that they probably didn't know if they're going to get a sequel. Right. So, which I think is, I don't know. I, I, I'm conflicted, but I think generally I didn't really like how happy it ended and how everyone's like, oh, we're all friends now. With the context that we got sequels, I see why you're saying that. Because you, you could almost be like, you know, my mind is right now just kind of going to like Nancy and Jonathan at Stranger Things, where, you know, at the end of season one, Nancy and Jonathan, Nancy and Steve are together and Jonathan's kind of like, or, or Nancy's kind of looking out longingly thinking about Jonathan at the end when she's cuddling Steve. So that I, I kind of see where it's like, oh, in, in season two, this is going to come back and be a bigger thing. Whereas right. they, they didn't have that guarantee on this one. Right. So it wouldn't surprise me like if, if Stranger Things like knew for sure that all they were going to do is just that one. Maybe they had a different ending, perhaps. Yeah, I, I that's all I'm saying, right? Uh, that that's pretty much all of the the good scenes I have, and you don't have any more, right? No, I do not. All right, let's move on to things that don't hold up. What, what did yeah. you find that didn't work for you on this viewing? Not, like, too much. I just think that this movie has definitely an age range I wouldn't recommend it to, right? I mean, aside from the, the obvious context of some actors... But, you know, that, that would be a reason for some people to not watch it. I don't think there's that much that doesn't hold up to me. Like, there's nothing grotesquely offensive. There's nothing that has aged poorly, save for some special effects. But even then, it as long as you kind of know in, it didn't ruin the movie for me. I didn't get taken out of the movie. I'm still like, oh, it's a little goofy. But, oh, yeah, this scene is so good that I'm still enjoying myself. And... There's not many complex themes or political commentary that doesn't really age well either. There's a little bit of stuff with the British government and pirates, but overall, I feel like it's a pretty fun movie about pirates. It isn't, a, uh, I don't know, maybe pirates end up being villains in a lot of older movies, and this one is um, 
you know, pirates as the heroes of this movie and showing that like, hey, pirates aren't good, but these pirates are okay in a way. It's it, it's not Pirates Band of Mischief, though, either. Have you seen that? No. Is that, you know, that's not the VeggieTales movie, is it? No. Um, but isn't there a Pirates VeggieTales movie or am I making I that up? I think so, yes. This is uh, th- this was a, Hugh Grant's one of the voice voices in it. Oh, okay. Is it it's, like stop motion? Fun. Yeah, it's stop motion. It's really yeah. Cute. Okay. And this this brings us to something else that we talked a little bit about in the previous section. But like, can you be a pirate and a good man? And you know, I didn't see what Bootstrap did before Bootstrap became Bootstrap, but I I still say no. Like I I'm sorry, I don't think Jack Sparrow's a good guy. I don't and. I know we disagree on it. I I just feel like so if you think that Jack Sparrow is not a good guy, I mean, that's fine if you think piracy is wrong and all that kind of thing, but he's It's not, not a victimless crime, Trevor. No, piracy is not a victimless <laughs> crime. You wouldn't steal a boat. You wouldn't steal a ship. You wouldn't download a ship. You wouldn't download the Black Pearl. Thank I did you. not download Pirates of the Caribbean, the Black Pearl, illegally. I watched it legally. On AJ's Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, never forget, I bought <laughs> Super Mario Brothers for you. No, I, 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 I have this movie. <laughs> oh, cool. I, I, I don't have the sequels. I just have this one. But so look, I just think that I'm okay when like random people are dying in kind of this action comedy, uh, especially if it's characters that we don't really know. And it's especially if it's characters that are in uniforms and uh, like that kind of thing. I don't like a bunch. I kind of struggle with disaster movies where we're seeing a bunch of people dying. Like Mm -hmm. uh, Titanic is even a stretch for me. Like I I don't really like disaster movies. I don't like Mm -hmm. movies where the world ends, things like that. I'm not a big fan of those movies or those scenes. It just kind of makes me sad and existential. Mm -hmm. But this scene has no issue with, I have no issue with seeing uh, two armies colliding because I know that it's just to illustrate giant battle and uh, like that these are ruthless pirates and this is a cursed ship and Jack Sparrow is doing a smart move and it fits his motivation and it fits his character. Whether you think Jack Sparrow is a good man or not, well, that's what his uh, talk to Will is about. Can you be a good man and be a pirate? That's for you to decide. And if you think the no, answer is no, I think yes. Okay. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Uh, did we need three jump scares? I'm fine with it in a ghost story. Potentially four. Uh, what I, were I the guess four you... jump scares? Well, it was when Will wakes up and grabs Elizabeth, Elizabeth's arm, the two monkey drops, and then there's arguably, uh, I'm sure it would have gotten me in the theater, but when Jack kind of walks away after hitting Mr. Brown and then goes back and goes, whoa. That's why I said arguably four. It's that was a, a hedge case. I I counted zero jump scares in this movie that got me. All right. Yeah. Every single time when I was a kid, the, the monkey, I even knew the monkey jump scares were coming and I had to leave the room because I would get scared. I was like, I know it's coming. I'm not going to get scared. It scared me every time. Uh, the only other thing I, I, I'll say that doesn't super hold up. I said the ending, but um, maybe just the fact that they make a little reference to a couple of like references to having um having elizabeth on on ship and what they'll do to her i know that's more of an Mm -hmm. adult joke but that gets a little bit into the uncomfortable joke range right 
it's made to kind of be a laugh. And that's like, yeah, that stuff's like not as funny to me. Yeah. And, and I guess on top of that, I don't know if you would agree with this too, but the scenes where Elizabeth is kind of running around the ship after she realizes everyone's a ghost. And then they're like swinging her around and they're like bouncing her up and down on that cloth. Did, was that like unnecessarily goofy for you? It was a little goofy. Okay. Yeah. I, I always hated that scene too. They could have just cut to the next scene. Yeah, exactly. And it's hard to like heap so much praise onto this movie when I just kind of think the story in the middle third is just kind of eh. But I am kind of a, comparatively in this movie checked out from after Jack and Will steal the boat to when they get the treasure. I don't know why, but I've never been like fully hooked on this. I think that's one of the reasons why I liked the second one a little bit better was I was kind of, I felt the second one was a little bit more kinetic, but I don't know. I just, again, I think everything else is working really well in terms of the visuals, the beginning and end are really strong for me, but yeah, it's, it's just the middle part of this movie is just not up to par with the rest of the, the film, in my opinion. Okay. I, I, I don't think the, for me, this movie never slows down, even though it's two and a half hours it never slows down. I don't think there's really a, a moment I'm bored because uh, the pacing is good. I think that it works. We have some downtime. I feel like some movies that are just action packed, there's not enough downtime, but we have enough downtime. We have enough characters talking to each other, mm -hmm. like the rum Island scene where they're just talking to each other and, that's it. No action is there. I like those scenes and we have just enough. I actually like that scene. I, I guess actually, if you, even if you want to cut it off there, okay. I think a lot of that stuff before that was again, not bad at any stretch. I just thought it was the weaker parts of the movie. Um, and I think, again, I think the story of this movie is okay. And I think once the story gets going, ironically is where I start to check out a little bit, but Mm -hmm. everything else about it is working really really well and the story is kind of captivating at the beginning and exciting and euphoric at the end that even if the middle is like say like the middle is just say a six out of ten a seven out of ten in terms of the story everything else around it's a lot stronger right uh do you have a drinking game trevor uh i don't know i i mean it's it, anytime jack sparrow says love or savvy Savvy's good. I, I had sip every Jack run, like when he when he does the, the yeah the, the runs. And then uh, another one I thought would be fun would be chug every time they change into ghosts. That's pretty fun. I like that one. Memory berries. Uh, I remember specifically having a pirate toy set. There was a nice ship. And I don't know the brand of it or whatever, but there was a really fun pirate boat ship that my friend had that I saw this movie with. And it was just really cool. I always kind of liked like miniature things, not miniatures. I'm not really into miniatures like uh, Warhammer or whatever, that kind of thing. But I, I, I think it's cool to have miniature crafts and things and not boat in a bottle things. Is that a thing? But uh, sailboats in a bottle? It's a thing. I've never had one. Do people still do that? Is that a hobby still? Probably. It seemed like it'd be like a rage inducing hobby. Why do people do that? I don't know. I guess there's no TikTok in, in the 1800s. What the fuck else are you going to do? But why that? <laughs> I don't know. You, you have to ask someone who's alive in the 1800s. Okay. Uh, I don't have too many member berries outside of that. Uh, there was no video games I played. 
for for pirates, but there is a Lego pirate video game that I'll mention that um, I haven't really played, but the way that Jack Sparrow runs in that is very accurate. And I remember playing that at a Best Buy mm -hmm. uh, once I played the demo. And I'm like, oh, look, Jack Sparrow. You know, they have the demos at Best Buy. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I always got, I would just be like, all right, I would either go do that, but honestly, nine out of 10 times, I would just go look at DVDs. <laughs> yeah. Dude, right, the Best what, Buy by my, my office closed. Where am I going to look for DVDs now? Is it really? Yeah. Let's go to thrift stores. Yeah, I guess. Uh, what else? So I, I have two stories here. One of them froze from what I think it was 2006. And okay. I was in Florida visiting my grandparents. I was with my mom and we went to the store and, you know, we, we were by the water and I walked into the store and God's honest truth. They either had the Pirates of the Caribbean medallion or like a medallion that was inspired by the Pirates of the Caribbean medallion. And I, I was there, I was walking around looking at this and I said, oh shit, it's, I didn't say that because I was 12 and I didn't want to get in trouble because I'm butters, but. I, I was like, oh, man, it's it's the Pirates of the Caribbean medallion. And I like was with either my cousin or, or someone, my aunt, I don't know, but I was telling them all about, you know, the movie and like the design's the same. And I guess the store hand overheard me and he went up to my mom and he said, is that your son? And she's like, yes. He said, well, he's a very smart and well-educated young man. <laughs> and then I bought that medallion and uh, that's for cool. a lot. Yeah. So you're talking to a very smart, and well-educated young man, Trevor. And the other story I have, and this is this is a, a name dropping moment, I know, but you know the uh, young Will Turner, who gets found in the opening scene. Yes, fucking know that guy. Really? I went to college with him. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So the story behind it is is his name is Dylan Smith, and I didn't actually know that he was in Pirates until I think after he graduated. He was a couple of years older than me, but he was the same major as I was, so we were. Wow. In a couple of the same clubs, and uh, the, the biggest thing I did with him was we did a charity event for our radio station where we were held hostage. We were like locked in our radio station for 36 hours, and him and I were two of the four people who took place in that event. And so I spent 36 hours locked in a radio station in Smithfield, Rhode wow. Island with the kid who played young Will Turner in Pirates of the Group. That's awesome. I have a Will yeah. Turner story, too. Go for it. I know a Will Turner. Okay, cool. No, no, really, it's cool. It's one of Amanda's friends. His name is Will Turner. That's funny. It's pretty funny. But also, there's one other thing I, we should mention. The you know the line at the end is uh, like "Bring me that horizon." That, that yes. Jack Sparrow said. So the name of a band, "Bring me the horizon." Oh yeah, you're right. That uh, they they still apparently Amanda told me that uh, that's where they got the name from. They paraphrased that line from Pirates of the Caribbean. That's pretty cool. I saw them at the pretty music cool, festival. They're pretty good live. All right. What else do we have to say before we wrap Would you this want up? anyone from this movie to be your best friend? No. Maybe maybe Elizabeth. She I was thinking like Elizabeth Powell. She's I don't like know. the I've most always... sane and the most smart. Yes, but I've always wanted to learn like swordplay. So I'd be friends with Will. He seems like a classy guy, but also practices um, with swords for three hours a day. We also, I just realized, we skipped best adult joke. Do you have any adult jokes, Trevor? Yeah, I, I didn't really take many down because this is PG-13, and because of that, there's going to be a little bit more for the adult audience, but what do you have? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's obviously a lot of like sexual and drinking innuendos or yeah. even just in your face, and so I didn't really count those, but the one that I, I took for this category as in like it went over my head until I washed it as an adult mm -hmm. is when Will and Jack are fighting for the first time, and he mm -hmm. says, I practice for three hours a day. He's like, you need to right. find yourself a girl, mate, and he says- you're not a eunuch, are you? And I 
did not hear that line or pick up on that line when I was a child. And I was <laughs> kind of thrown away uh, or blown away by hearing it for the first time or, or noticing it for the first time. I should right, say. right. Making a sequel in or a remake or whatever in 2023, probably at this point, 2024, 2025, I guess a right. sixth movie is in development. Margot Robbie has been attached to it. And I guess that that movie has been canceled. What we've been pretty good at predicting the future on franchises lately. What do you think is going to happen? What do you want to happen? Spill. The fact is, I, I, I don't think Johnny Depp will be cast again in this in this franchise. I think they're going to stay kind of far away from all of that. Um, and so, what does I, the sixth movie look like? I think you have to start from scratch, or just I just don't think I don't think it's going to happen. You think they're going to pull the plug? I think the the plug might be pulled. How yeah. what what happened so far? Like what do we know about it? I think the the plug might be pulled. So so from what I'm seeing is they they initially planned on filming uh, 5 to 6, 5 and 6 back to back, then they backed out of that and just did 5 as a standalone film. Mm -hmm. And I guess in April 2022 during the during the trial, um Depp was interviewed said he has no intention of returning to the franchise. 20, in 2023, Orlando Bloom expressed interest in returning to the franchise, but Kira Knightley um, said that she would not be making a return to the franchise. I guess Jerry Bruckheimer has commented about potentially bringing Depp slash Sparrow back to the saga, but you're right. I, I think it looks like with the exception of Orlando Bloom, everybody's kind of moved on. And, yeah. you know, I, I frankly, I thought that about Shrek. These movies make a billion dollars every time they come out. So well, yeah, I, that's the other thing. <laughs> and it's like, we're, we're 20 years removed. Who knows five years from now, who knows what the perception of certain people will be? Who knows where certain people will, will be in their career? And, yeah. you know, if you're saying, Hey, Kira, we got a, you know, a $40 million ticket for you. If you want to come back, probably wouldn't be that much, but y you know what I mean? Like, yeah, $10 million, $8 million, whatever. Sure. I'm not doing anything. Why not? Again, you don't know where these people are going to be in, in this time. You don't know. And the other thing is this could be something that they revisit in 10 to 15 more years. It, right. I mean, they, it could remake it like they do with Haunted Mansion. But yes. This like, movie is actually good. 2017 was the last Pirates movie, which was mm -hmm. 14 years after the first one. But maybe give it more time and then you redo it. But then you start from scratch and you're almost. Well, yes and no, but I, I just don't. You're right. The complicating factor here is the the JD of it all. And it's like, can you make a Pirates of the Caribbean movie without Depp as Jack Sparrow? No. And exactly. And and you look at I mean, you probably well, could probably no, know. You, but here's the thing is 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 they created the character of Jack Sparrow before this movie. Jack Sparrow wasn't right. wasn't around before this movie came out. Mm -hmm. What's to say you create a brand new character that ha but, Absolutely. but the fact is I think people would expect Jack Sparrow. And if you if you surprise it, you have a, a different arc, a, maybe a pirate that is more ruthless, that becomes more kind. But I would just say there's another great pirate show right now called Our Flag Means Death. And if you want a, a new take on pirates that's very fun and, and cute, uh, very LGBT+, uh, it's, our flag means death and season two is finished um so i think that's coming out soon 
very excited. Should I give? Should I give? Should I give another shot? Did you you watch the first episode and you weren't into it? Yeah, but I watched it when I was drunk and not paying attention. I just didn't like it. Well, it it does have very like New Zealand e humor, so I know that's hit or miss for you. So I don't know if you'd like it. I'll I'll start watching to prepare for my trip to New Zealand. Yeah, actually, yeah, give it a shot. Plus, it's based on some uh, real characters. Honestly, I I would say you know hot take. I would like to see a fifth movie. I I think especially if you get Gore, is it Verbinski? Verbinski? Verbinski. Verbinski. Yeah. If you get if you get Gore back, who obviously made a great first movie, we talked about this, felt a little bit rushed probably in making the the two sequels. If you give him some breathing room, and if there is a way for everyone to come back in a way that everyone would be or most everyone would be happy with, I would be interested in seeing a good next installment of this movie, of this franchise. And I actually forgot about how Will's story kind of ended in uh, dead men tell no tales and i initially said like i want more closure on a story but we we did kind of get closure on the story so it could be a lot to ask will and elizabeth to come back with that in mind but orlando bloom as of this year seems open to it so i i still think we're i mean you're right we're probably going to get something it might be a remake with an all different cast it might be a sequel it might be a sequel with or without certain characters and actors i'm not really sure but I would probably be interested if we got the original cast and crew back. I think they could probably try and make an animated movie too. Or make a video game. There are no good pirate video games, in my opinion. I, I haven't played a really, really good pirate video games video game. And, and that is a, a needed, uh, uh, that genre is needed in the video game space. I think I'm playing Zelda right now, uh, the Tears of a Kingdom, and it kind of gives me that feeling of exploration and just like the world is your, your oyster and you can kind of do whatever and you're exploring and meeting people and going to unknown places. I want that feeling, but in a pirate game. And I think Pirates of the Caribbean is a fantastic uh, source to do that. And you just kind of retell everything. Mm -hmm. Like you, you, you have a few playable characters and I'm pitching a, a pirates game and, and you just like, Oh no, none of the movies are canon in this game, but the characters mm. are there. Maybe you do something like that. I don't know. Well, I'd even say going off of that is that, you know, we don't really have an R rated pirate movie. An R rated pirate movie. You do don't we think so? Do we have one? Am I spacing? Captain Phillips. Get, you know, what <laughs> that's Christ a, that's almighty. a more recent pirate movie. It is, but I'm talking about like get like a Blackbeard movie. And I'm thinking, of course, of The Northman again, because I do still sure. really like The Northman. I actually think it's kind of faded for me in subsequent watches, but I still mm -hmm. think it's a really solid movie. And, you know, that's a movie about Vikings, a very R-rated movie that was very well received. Make that tone, but for pirates. And I think you could also have this story of redemption because part of, uh, you know, Skarsgård's performance and story in that movie is he has been raised as this this um you know vicious uh berserker and then he realizes the the horror of what he's doing and that's one of the reasons why he kind of defects and tries to go home and and save his mother and reclaim his throne and his family you know i will avenge you father i will i will save you mother i will kill you fielner but make that for pirates have a have a have a reformed pirate maybe is that all <laughs> no or they could just you could just watch Stardust. That's a blast. That's Pirates. That's, I know. That's been on my list for a while. I've had that's friends good. tell me to watch that for 10 years. Still never seen it's it. Very good. It's very sweet. It's very cute. 
let's let's move over to our our final verdict uh is, yeah. is the is the ship sailing or is it sinking what do you think of pirates of the caribbean the curse of the black pearl trevor obviously this ship is the fastest ship in the sea this is the best movie with pirates as the main focal point uh treasure planet obviously is, is it's not the main focal point i mean it's there's pirates but you know what i mean i guess this is is it's this is the pirate movie right like treasure planet is i feel like i wouldn't consider that oh it's a pirate movie as the first thing i think of this is a pirate movie this is the pirate movie and if you're telling someone to watch a movie about pirates you, you recommend this movie and yeah it, it holds up uh, there's nothing you need to really change here 20 years later and this movie is still a banger uh there's really not much i could complain about minus a few things here and there so yeah obviously yes <laughs> but oh yeah but i guess the the aging of it i would say is i do think you might to get all of it to get the most out of it i think you need to be a little bit older than the pg crowd generally mm. it's like an e10 yeah, I, of course, will be making the same recommendation. I loved this movie. I actually was a little bit lower on it last time I watched it. I watched it a couple of years ago, and I rewatched it for the first time in, in two years, a couple days ago, yesterday, and I loved it. And I had such a fun time. That that middle did still kind of, again, comparatively drag for me. But overall, this is a really strong outing. It's a ton of fun. The music is great. The production is great. The art in this movie is great. The acting is great. The humor is great. The direction is great. I, I really, I don't think I can say enough good things about this movie that I haven't already said. So yeah, of course I will, I will wholeheartedly and uh, in perpetuity recommend Pirates of the Caribbean, the curse of the black pearl. And it, it say it stays setting yeah. sail, whatever I just said, it's, it's sailing fine. It's, it's it has its heading. Fantastic. Uh, okay. So that'll do it. AJ. We have now uh, made port, uh, and we are now finding the next movie to watch in two weeks. So yes, in two weeks, we will have a new episode. And I, I thought about if I want to do this one, how I want to do this one, because you know we're, we're two guys. Uh, we talk a lot about guys' movies and movies that have brothers. But uh, this time, we're going to talk about a movie with sisters that stand together. They make up one big family, though they don't look the same. Their spots are different, different colors. They make each other stronger, and that ain't ever going to change. And, and that movie is celebrating its 20th anniversary as well uh, uh, in August, I believe. So we're going to do its 20th anniversary a little bit earlier because there's actually another DCOM uh, in, in August celebrating its 25th anniversary that I'm going to choose. But in July, we're going to do this DCOM instead to start. So I don't think I've ever seen this movie. You've never seen it? I don't think so. All right. Well, I'm really excited. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it. I hope everybody listening had a great, safe Fourth uh, of July and, and all of that good stuff. Uh, we will see you in two weeks' time for that episode. But in the meantime, we of course want to give a shout out to our loyal patrons and thank them for being patrons. Um, you can sign up on our Patreon if you would like. You will get a bonus episode every single month, including last month's episode on a road trip draft where we talked about uh, going through all of our favorite movies that take place in specific states. Um, and we got a couple other great episodes planned throughout the year. Always welcome your feedback on what we should be doing for our Patreon. Uh, and you can also get monthly movie recommendations and shout outs in the show notes and in our episodes like we're about to do right now to our current patrons who are Travis Beal, Ben Franke, Ray Munoz, Trevor Sprouse, John Urbaniak, and to our newest patron, Emil, 
thank you for joining our Patreon. We really appreciate your support. Uh, Emil, please let us know either on Patreon, on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, how you would like to be thanked and, and credited in our episodes, and we will uh, adjust that accordingly. And again, if you want to get thanks credited, get all those bonus episodes, head on over to our Patreon. And I think that'll do it. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Letterboxd, leave us a review, and we will see you in, in two weeks' time for a brand new episode of The Old Kids Movies. Thanks for listening. <laughs>